A reading from the book of the prophet Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah at a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God, they proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, nor herd or flock shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth. And they shall cry mightily to God, and shall turn from their evil ways, and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger, so that we do not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he has said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> A broken, humbled heart, O oh God, you will not scorn. A broken, humbled heart, O oh God, you will not scorn. Have mercy on me, O oh God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. A broken, humbled heart, not scorn. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Broken, humbled heart. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. Broken, humbled heart.
and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. With all your heart turn to me, for I am tender and compassionate. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the crowds were increasing, Jesus began to say, This generation is an evil generation. It asks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so the Son of Man will be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them, because she came from the ends of the earth to listen to the wisdom of Solomon and see something greater than Solomon is here. The people of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the proclamation of Jonah and see something greater than Jonah is here. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the wonderful experiences that we are able to have during the season of Lent, and it increases as the season goes on, is to be put in touch with very important stories and figures from the Old Testament, and to be able to see how strongly they link to and foreshadow the presence of our Redeemer and Savior Jesus. This is particularly true of the persons, the personages in the Old Testament, where we will see so often how they look directly towards Christ. The fathers of the church used to refer to this sort of thing as being a type. In fact, we actually heard that last Sunday, even in St. Paul himself. He wrote that Adam is a type of the one who is to come, namely Jesus Christ. Types and typology, that might not sound like it makes an awful lot of sense to us, I suppose. Maybe one helpful thing would be to just think of the word prototype. Everyone knows that word. Prototypes, by definition, are kind of the, the first round of imagination and experimentation. Nobody's ever claiming that a prototype is going to be the finished product. It's simply how you envision and sort of bring into three dimensions and into reality the idea that was in your mind, and then it goes from there to be refined and worked on. It's a fairly decent enough analogy to call all of these Old Testament figures prototypes of Jesus. 
And among other things, of course, that means that nobody is ever going to claim that any of them, even the best of them, was a perfect person or had no faults or no issues or no problems. Only Jesus is the Son of God. But these prototypes pointed the way. And today in our gospel, we actually have the advantage of Jesus himself very specifically referring to Jonah as a prototype of himself. He doesn't use that word, but it's clear that that's what he is saying. The sign that will be given to this generation is the sign of Jonah and none other. And see, a greater than Jonah is here. Now, there are two ways, depending on which incident you read about, there are two ways in which that curious, curious figure of Jonah is seen to point in the direction of Jesus. One of them, of course, is the endlessly fascinating story about him being swallowed up in the belly of the big fish for three days and three nights and finally cast out onto the land again. And even Jesus himself, at a later point, refers to that very story as a pointing towards his own time in the tomb from which he will rise again. The other way in which Jonah is a type or sign is in his proclamation that leads to conversion for those pagan people of Nineveh, whereas the proclamation of Jesus is met with tremendous opposition not from pagans, not at all, in fact, from pagans, but from his own people who are refusing because they are a condemnable generation to hear the word and to recognize the presence that is right in their midst. Now, as I said, these Old Testament prototypes are hardly to be considered perfect people. The reason why Jonah ended up in the belly of the big fish was because he was trying to escape from the command that God issued to him and ended up, it's a long story, but he ends up in the boat, in the sea, and ultimately in the fish. And then he is spewed back onto the land and now God looks at him and says, now are you prepared to do what I've asked you to do in the first place? Which is why our first reading begins today with the words, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time because he had already rejected God's call the first time. He didn't reject it the second time, though he was very reluctant to do what God wanted of him. But it proved immensely successful in turning those people to conversion of heart. How hard of heart must people be when Jesus, very Son of God, incarnate word, is proclaiming the truth right in front of their eyes and they will not be converted and turn and come back to God. With all your heart, turn to me, we heard in our gospel acclamation, for I am tender and compassionate. And the psalm reminds us that our conversion of heart is often best achieved when our heart and our spirit have been knocked down and broken broken precisely by our own sinfulness and folly. This broken and contrite heart, O Lord, O God, you will not despise. You will turn it to yourself and embrace it tenderly. 
and you will make of my broken heart a healed heart, yours, totally yours. Again, that constant reminder that the message of Lent is conversion of heart. Come to the Lord, let him rescue you, let him turn you into everything you were meant to be so that, so to speak, we ourselves don't remain a prototype of our best selves, but actually graduate to become our best selves by the grace of God.